If only you could love yourself the way that I love you. Welcome to another edition of Michael L. Craver Presents. Talked about how we would jump into a quality discussion. I guess it's up to you to decide if this is a quality discussion. I was in the middle of watching Liam Gallagher's new video, uh, his performance on Jonathan Ross and Jimmy Fallon. And a new song called All You've Been Dreaming Of. It's I love his work. He's donating all the money to uh, from the, the sale of the song to action for children, which is which is wonderful. And I think that's a quality decision. I gave my dad uh <laughs> I don't know that he listens to this podcast. I don't know that he knows I have a podcast. Uh, he he might. I do some some social media things with my stepmother, but uh I bought my dad uh some books about Harry Chapin. Is a huge Harry Chapin fan who died in a car accident at the age of uh, 38, I believe, in 1980. And Chapin uh, did a lot of um, great work to try to fight the problem of uh, world hunger. So I um, look at those things as somewhat coincidental and some not, right? So I'm thinking I'm going to talk about quality. Here are people who are making quality decisions. They affect the quality of life for other people. I think it contributes to your individual health when you do things that um, synergize you with the people around you. If you're a gentle, uh, or as some people might say, a an impractical and yet quiet leader, um, you give people a chance to teach themselves that self-reliance, and some people will use the word self-confidence or independence, but uh, you're capable on your own when people give you a quality training and learning experience. However, I'm bound within my universe of you know things that I talk about on this podcast where quality is like any of those other Subjective words, those selfish words, like rude or inappropriate or otherwise, because, quite frankly, only you determine what quality is to you. So, the definitive value of the word quality is an individual thing. It's a selfish thing. And you are more than welcome to your value system. I just look at things in a very simple way for myself. I determine whether it's going to contribute to my quality of life uh, is is the best, the most absolute question that I can ask about any given thing. To say, here is an opportunity to, I'll tell you what, me, me and the girl, all right, we have a chance to watch a movie, eat a meal, lay around. Get a back scratch, you know, maybe a little bit of cuddling or uh, maybe there's a foot massage going on and we're watching The Bachelorette, whatever it might be. That, to me, is quality time. I could be spending the time recording another episode here. And 
you might look at that and go, well, you know, Michael, one a day you might want to monetize something and make money off your podcast. So you should be producing content and refining your skills and, you know, building structure and a fan base. And I would say, I'd say, well, if I gave a damn about any of those things, then I would be jumping into it. But the choice for me has been that I've, I have a career job besides the podcast and I've never been a person who's left my fate up to other people. Now, there's an argument to be made that my quality of life depends upon my employer's will to employ me, right? They, they may terminate my employment. That would drastically change my quality of life, I'm sure. But focusing on the podcast all the time and not having any family or familiar or... Uh, I guess you would say worthwhile evenings with another person that you love and admire that would that would affect my quality of life as well so i i mean i I enjoy things that I do with my children and uh you know like i went, went to visit my dad and and took the new dog and my uncle uh Joe was over there, and Joe's one of my favorite people and uh he had his labradoodle, and I took uh, Georgie over. I call it. I just call him George. You know, I don't have the the heart to uh, feminize him or whatever that might be. So the labradoodle is named Finn, and they're getting to know each other. They're having they're having a quality learning experience, one dog to another. Now Georgie's only about six months old, and Finn is a couple of years old. So it's a there's a drastic difference in size and confidence for those two beings in the same room but there's a great deal of difference between the people that are in the room you know my dad is uh, i was gonna say he's twice my age he's not twice my age anymore uh and it's his birthday is is the reason i went by took him uh a tin of european cookies and and told a few jokes and they got to ask about my job and I talked to my uncle and, and so it was a great great little experience these mechanics that work on my dad's vehicles or tractors sometimes <laughs> the Jamie and whatever I think their their last name is W-I-G-H-T I think it's white but it's spelled W-I-G-H-T and he's telling some story and Joe's walking around the shop <laughs> he says Took it out, Dad. Took it uh, over to let the White brothers look at it, you know. And I chimed in and said, "Why they got to be white?" <laughs> and Joe said, "Just scratch his beard." He says, "Yeah." He said, "Why they got to be white?" But we just, you know, it's just silly. The irony of language that twenty six, right? That fe, the irony of language is, is just a quality experience that I, I hope everybody can appreciate. When you're sharing your stories with other people and they chime in and you think they're being a smart ass or they're interrupting you or they're they're adding to the quality of their own experience is what they're doing. Now whether you tolerate that or not is up to you. But when people are mocking something, that's your interpretation. Are they mocking it? Maybe they don't think they're mocking it. Ooh, sounds like another one of those selfish words, now doesn't it? But I 
it's not up to me to decide. You know, I put out this content and I say it's open to interpretation. The quality of experience that you get out of my podcast is what you're able to make of it. Can you take the the ideas that I'm laying in front of you and make any sense out of them? Do they mean anything to you? Maybe they don't even have a place in your life. Maybe you're some, you know, introvert and you you ran across my podcast. You're only playing <clears throat> on the internet or you know, through iTunes or Google Podcasts or Amazon Music or Stitcher or Podbean or Spotify or any of these places that you can go listen to my show, you could run across it and it not be useful to you whatsoever. Now, I know there's people who listen to me, and they would say, how in the hell could you listen to his and not take something out of it? Okay. I And I can agree with that, right? Because I've I've been around the world a little bit. Quality, tell you about quality of... Uh... Marty Garner is a young man who lives... He did live, may still live, Cameron, North Carolina, friend of the Hardy Boys. He's on some wrestling. He's he's on probably on YouTube and some other places. And his name's Champagne, and I think I am having this flashback to his promo that he used to cut about himself. He's been around the world. He's been around the world two times. He's seen everything but the wind. He's uh, done everything but have a baby, and uh, anyway, it's it's pretty great. I should put it into the podcast sometime. But um, I just I have such a good time when I'm doing those family things, like for my dad's birthday. That that is a great quality evening for me. And you know, the girls texted me, and she's like, "When are you bringing you know when are you bringing George back home?" He had just gotten groomed, first time ever. Where's he at? He's off visiting me and my dad on my dad's birthday. You can bring him home whenever the fuck I want to. <laughs> but you got to realize that, like, I know that it's going to take away from the quality of her evening if she's sitting there worried or she's been, you know, trying to see her dog all day and she's been working. So I, I get that, right? And I have no qualms about uh, trying to do the best thing to keep everybody as happy as possible, right? You want nobody to drop below the happiness barrier, the fail-safe, the point of no return. It doesn't mean nobody can be super happy, but we don't want anybody to be unhappy. So if it has to take a a little bit away, we'll do the old Biden-Harris on happiness, and we'll just, you know, sit back and, okay, we were on a 90 with this person. This other person's at a 40. Well, we'll bring the 90 down to 70 and the 40 up to... Okay, good. And I get it. Like, you don't want to make anybody unhappy. Hey, you're at a family meeting at a restaurant. You're in an appointment, a conversation, wherever it is in the world. And Oh, we got to go. We got to be somewhere else. They're going to be disappointed. Yeah. And it happens. I can't tell you that there's a perfect answer to any of those things. I mean... There's, it goes back to Gita Little, G-I-T-A-L-I-T-T-L-E. Gita Little was her name. She worked during the day, and I worked in the evening. I came in to switch out with her. And um, this little old black woman had five kids, I think. 
and I was late for work. I used to call leaving my now my driveway is twenty five minutes from work, but I'd call them as I'm leaving my driveway and say I'll be there in five minutes. Okay, okay, Mike. Well, I didn't like that they called me Mike. I'm Michael, right? And I give you every letter's worth. Anyway, I um, would show up. This particular day, I showed up and Gita was, <laughs> she was unhappy with Michael. And she is, uh, she's letting me have it in front of everybody. You're late. You're supposed to be here at 5 o'clock. It's 530. I said, well, I said, I might be wrong, but you can ask the people who work with me in the evenings. If you could have anybody in the world show up instead of me, or Michael's going to show up an hour late, which one would you choose? I think they'd choose me. <laughs> and they kind of looked at me like, yeah, probably. And I said, that was cool. I'll tell you a little secret. I love validation. Despite me calling all this stuff escaping vanity, validation is uh, is wonderful, especially if you're into the parking world. But Gita, you know, she she agreed with them as well. I'd I'd done some pretty interesting things to try to help out the operation in the past. So we, you know, we agreed to bury the hatchet in the moment, and and that's how it went. But. I think it's interesting to give that example because if you're going to be late somewhere, yeah, yeah, she wants to see the dog. But guess what? Like, whenever I show up, she'll be happy to see him. And the later it is, maybe the greater the return, right? I don't know. You know, but I hope that people don't lose themselves when... There's an absence of quality. You know, you can eat all the um, off-brand foods and generic, you know, just the internet recipes and stuff you want. But there is a big difference in consuming an experience, be it food or a work of passion, listening to a great speaker, whatever it might be. There's a great deal of difference in having somebody who is um, in love with their own work or in the experience they're giving to you when it's a work and a love of passion. That makes a big difference. I mean, it can change your life to have experiences like that. You hear somebody give uh, a speech or you read their words in published format you know they've got this motivational book or leadership or maybe they're just telling you some ironic things that are life lessons it's unintended wisdom and i think that you know those are, are some of the greatest experiences that you can have in your life like tonight i was just playing around listening to Richard Ashcroft, I believe, uh, They Don't Own Me and Lucky Man. It, Richard Ashcroft, lead singer of The Verve, so everybody everybody knows Bittersweet Symphony. That's life, yeah. You're a slave you know, to the money, then you die, whatever. 
And he's got some great, you know, tracks. I mean, he's a wonderful, wonderful guy. And uh, I was watching some of his radio performances in the UK and ran across, it, it'll cross, you know, you over with all the things from your past, you know, how it builds all those recommended videos. And so I'm watching Liam Gallagher and oh, oh my God, Liam Gallagher's not a, got a new one. Well, I didn't know that. And, I, of course, I started looking to see if Noel Gallagher had anything new. No, he doesn't. There's no new, like, Oasis archives or some, you know, mediocre release that's been done. So I didn't get completely lucky. But Passenger had some uh, interesting new stuff. And I have not even listened to his album, and I've had it since it came out. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Luvidico Inaldi. Uh, who's a wonderful pianist, great, great piano man, and that's that quality is like it's out there, man. Uh, one of the reasons I love that that familial experience. My dad played the uh, piano uh, at all of the uh, high school talent shows and for a great number of weddings. He's played it, you know, at the church for a lot of different things. So, uh, great guy. A uh, great piano player, as far as I know. You know. I don't know a lot of piano players. My dad's the best piano player I know. Uh, and if my mom takes offense to that, then maybe she does. But um, she's a great piano player. They both played um, at weddings, churches, events. Um, and I have always grown up in a house with a piano. My dad you know, and mom lived, you know, before they were divorced, they had my mom's uh, Howard piano, which she's had, I guess she got it for like her 16th, sweet 16 present. Uh, she still has that piano today. My dad is, is, has a piano, um, that came from his mother's house. It's the one he grew up with. So he's had to, he's had the opportunity. He's played on that piano. I don't know the right, the most accurate way to say this. Cause I don't really know how old that piano is, but I want to say he's played on it maybe his whole life. I don't know if that's true. But I've seen that piano my whole life, and I'm almost 40. Maybe he has played on it his whole life. That would mean that whoever made that made a quality instrument, wouldn't you say? I look at... Uh, Other factors when it comes to quality, like time and absence. I talked earlier about uh, if I had come home a little later, maybe she would have missed us a little more and it would have made the return that much more exciting. I don't know. I know this. I've got gone in 60 seconds, paused on my monitor over there. I don't think I've watched that movie in at least 15, maybe 20 years. I might not have watched Gone in 60 Seconds since 2000 when it came out. So uh, I'm looking forward to watching it, and I think it's going to be a, a great experience. It's a Jerry Bruckheimer film. Those of you, Jerry, what's that mean? Jerry Bruckheimer produced all the CSI episodes, all that stuff. But look, Bruckheimer is the guy behind uh, The Rock, and not Dwayne The Rock Johnson, but The Rock, like as in Michael Bay, Ed Harris, Nicholas Cage, Sean Connery, so forth, so The Rock. Uh, 
Bruckheimer's behind Top Gun. Bruckheimer and Tom and uh, I'm sorry, Don Simpson made a great deal of movies um, together until Don Simpson died. This is a Jerry Bruckheimer this uh, production, and uh, the music is Trent Reznor. I'll leave it quiet for a second, right? Reznor is the the mind behind Nine Inch Nails and and a lot of other compositions. So, uh, great, great stuff. And and the soundtrack, uh, the soundtrack, the soundtrack. Well, that was a quality enunciation, wasn't it? Uh, it features like the Cult and um, a lot of other little folks. I'm sitting here looking at my digital picture frame, which is flipping through pictures of of Ava Grace. Um, Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, I have a lot of pictures of my children. They've, people fall asleep, and it looks like they fell out of an airplane, and the chute didn't open, and then, you know, that looks like how they hit the bed, right? They just, like, splattered in the ma- in the mattress. And those are quality memories, and uh, it makes that uh, nostalgic factor of, you know, of, of what's uh, really important. Um, I'm glad that I don't have five million pictures of it. Yeah, that's an exaggeration, right? But I'm glad that I don't have an overabundance of photographs of everybody. Uh, I think I have quality captures of, of many quality moments and, and experiences in my life. And uh, I go through and, you know, if I have things that I think are just mundane placeholder kind of pictures taking up memory, I delete them because it lowers the average quality of the overall collection right quality I'm looking at the books that sit on my work desk it says truly tasteless jokes one two and three there's a giant book of insults Chuck Norris longer and harder which is like the complete Chuck Norris uh Fact books, all in all in one. The Harper Book of Quotations. Thoughts. Oh, I'm not reading the top line. The Most Brilliant Thoughts of All Time in Two Lines or Less by John M. Shanahan. Little Book of Venom, which is, is about comebacks and insults. Another book called The Mammoth Book of Insults. And then Painkiller. By Barry Meyer, which is about the opioid epidemic in the United States. And uh, each one of those serves some sort of some sort of purpose. The book of quotations and the greatest quotes, that's so at the end of what I hope is a very quality writing email and otherwise. I, I usually pull a few words out of there to put as like the greeting or the salutations at the at the beginning or the end of the uh, correspondence. The uh, well, really, the jokes and insults get shared with the the guys uh, in the group chats and in the other exchanges that I'm having. Just I run across something funny and I tell somebody I think will appreciate it, or they'll they'll get a kick out of me sharing it. Um. That, to me, is a quality exchange, right? You're giving somebody else a reason to laugh. And I can't, for the life of me, understand why. I'll give you an example. I have a young lady 
who is near and dear to me and I love, and she, when she gets mad, like she wants to find more reasons to maintain being mad. That took five seconds? I can't believe that took five seconds. It's going to take five more seconds. It's probably going to be half an hour. And it, like, no, it's over with now. It took five seconds. Like, now you have drawn this way out. You've destroyed whatever used to be, like, this small infraction, right? You've taken that, and you've tried to turn it into something and exaggerate it to the point that you're crying wolf when you're talking. You are. Right? That's... You destroyed it. You were having a quality moment until one thing happened. You know, I don't like that. You know why I don't like that? Because of this and that. and What the fuck? You could be riding up a roller coaster. Or I'll give you, here's, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking of a car that's on a hill. It's got the clutch. Or you're you're just holding the brakes, right? And you go, you're rolling up a hill, and you're sitting there. It's a stoplight, and you let off the brake or the clutch, whatever, and it starts to roll backwards, right? But then you can just stop it, or you can give it a little gas and go back to where you were, right? Conversations just like that. Me and her could be talking. You could hit a little bit of a, you could decline a little bit, and you could take it right back to where it was and beyond. She'd rather like, you know. If it starts to roll backwards, she'll, like, grab your foot off the pedal. We're going down the hill, motherfucker. We're going to crash. Woo! And you're like, what? What? Why? We can go. We can stop right here. We can go back to where we were. Like, it doesn't have to get any worse. Oh, yes, it does. We're <laughs> headed for disaster. I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? Who is trying to, to have an experience like this? I'm not. Like, why why are you intentionally making things worse? I'm not making things worse. We were always going to have a... <laughs> you're not. This catastrophe mindset that you've got is outrageous. It was never going to get to that point. It would not naturally have gotten there if you didn't take it there, right? And that's not even naturally getting it there. It would. Let's rephrase that. It would not naturally have ever gotten there. You had to push things to make them that bad. Oh, no, I didn't. Really? So if you left it alone, it would have gotten like that? Well, uh, you're not being honest if you say that. And (laughs) I just, I think about how that just destroys. You could have, you could have, we, me and her, like, we could hang out. We'd have this. Soulmate experience. Have a wake up at twelve a.m. Go all the way to the end of the next evening. It could be eleven fifty nine p.m. And she could have uh, set her sights on being in bed at eleven forty five. Perfect day up until eleven forty five. That's twenty three hours, forty five minutes of a perfect day. And it could get to you know. Now it's 11.50, 11.58, whatever. I was supposed to be in bed at 11.45. What the fuck? I knew it. This day, you're always... No, the evidence doesn't show that. The numbers don't show that. You're being goddamn ridiculous. Are you trying to tell me how I feel? Is it valid? 
Well, I mean, it's real to you, as real as anybody else who's been abducted by aliens or whatever in their own mind. But like on paper and like looking at a clock and, you know, if you had to fill in a pie graph, no. You don't have anywhere near half of the vote. You're Trump in this situation. You don't have anywhere near half of the votes. Oh, it's been rigged. I demand a recount. <laughs> no, you never fucking had the lead. There was never any fraud. You fucking misunderstood or exaggerated the whole situation. And that would be fine if it was um, for entertainment purposes. If you didn't intend any harm, right? If you're just talking shit with each other. And telling each other how much you love and what you want to do with the future. Those are great things. Those are wonderful dreams to have. But this other side of things where you have this affinity for disaster and you think like, well, if we buy a home, well, uh, well, it's surely going to go wrong. We're just going to have to pay $900 a month and eventually they're just going to take our house from us. We're going to lose all our possessions and all our equity and we won't have any savings. And why would that happen? Well, because we could miss a payment. Yeah, you could miss a payment. And then you just make it up later. No. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's how it works. Like, you just roll down the hill a little bit and go right back to where you were. Like, this is very fixable. All of that is very fixable. Are you telling me you can't fix it? You're incapable of fixing it. Is that what you're saying? Well, uh, then what are you saying? Right? Are you one of those folks who's trying to tell me that you want to be in a, you know, the rocket ship headed towards the the sun i mean <laughs> we can go land on the moon and we can fly into the sun and get incinerated let's go for the sun like why there's you can't uh, you understand the physics involved here right you're going to die are you telling me my feelings are valid <laughs> your feelings are fucking incineration Gonna fucking be a human barbecue. <laughs> what are you hoping for? I'm hoping to go towards the sun. Yeah. We all know about the people who chase the sun, who got too close to the sun. It's, it's not a secret. Just like this whole movement of folks who d- destroy the quality of, of life, of discipline, of everything. With this new thought pattern that people have where it's like emotions over logic. I do my best to try to balance the two for understanding, right? But if you feel like you've been dicked out of some kind of thing, but you agree to a legally binding contract, your feelings don't mean shit in the court of law, right? And we're a nation of laws, like free speech. Well, I'm offended. It's still free speech. You risk offending people. And offensive speech is still protected speech. That's just ridiculous by itself. And if you're one of these folks who loves Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson and so forth, and then you still are turning your sights on the, you know, turning the gun around, is there one in the chamber? Let's pull the trigger and find out. Why would you do that? You're looking down the barrel. What are you trying to tell me? It's not going to work? It's going to work and it's going to blow your fucking head off. You're headed for disaster. Think about what you're doing before you do it. Let me tell you something. It's going to take 10 seconds. No, I'm not going to let you say something. Just 10 seconds. Because if you do, then it's going to do that. And it's going to do this. And this. 
hey, 10 seconds is over, like a long time ago. You just went off for 90 seconds to not listen to something. That was 10 seconds. Yeah, but I didn't have to listen, did I? Yeah, and you wasted nine times the amount of what it would have taken to just listen. Oh, that's all right. Is it? Is that efficiency? Is that happiness? No, it's not. You could have done something really amazing for the two of us by taking one for the team and just listening. I would have gotten to express myself. I would have been uncomfortable for 10 seconds. I just got yelled at for 90 seconds. So you fucked with me for nine times what I was proposing, and I didn't even do it to you. What are you trying to say? My feelings ain't valid. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Oh. Yes, you have you have this rage. Rage, as, as we say when my... My sons say when we're playing video games and somebody gets killed or they're coming back or whatever. Rage. <laughs> and um, I just look at that and I go, I was proposing something. You became uncomfortable. So you took it out on me for you know far longer than I ever proposed. I didn't even do what I proposed. And... Somehow I'm the bad guy because you took it out on me. Hmm. Ain't that a story to tell? But I, I, I do think you know when the more I listen to things in my life, like the more experiences I have with those same people, that when you talk to them, and if the circumstances sometimes they need to be a little different, like you need to be going on a long walk or whatever it might be. That you can have a such a quality exchange where you say to them, "Hey, look, like it's really ugly when you talk to me like that." Well, that's the only way you listen. Well, I was listening before. What I'm trying to say to you is, here's this last thought that I'm having in the moment in my life that I might not have to express in the same scenario. I might not think of it the same way. Like this is this moment in time. We're not doing anything else with this moment. How about allowing me to express myself? I've fucking earned it. Well, that's one of those selfish words, right? Only you know if you feel like you've earned it. Maybe they don't think you've earned it. It's subjective. It's up to the person. So it boils down to whether or not the other person is courteous enough, gracious enough to uh, to be patient with you. And there's some people who are going to be patient and some who are not. But it's... It's a shame when it can't take place. When two people can't have a quality experience of sharing the other person's music. Or like you're in a car, you want to listen to a piece of music, they don't want to listen to it. I ain't listening to that. What if we get some food from so-and-so? I don't like their food. They they don't even try your customs. So where's the melting pot of America? Where's all this, you know, where we understand each other? You can't even... Now, you could talk about the same experiences, but you have a chance to share the same experiences and know where they're coming from or how they react to that ingredient in their life, if it's the music, the food, the whatever, right? You can experience it with them. I don't like it. 
well, you're not a very good guest then because they're your host and they've asked you and they're not being unreasonable. Oh, yes, they are because I feel this way. Get the fuck out of here. Like that, that was never something that was... prominent it wasn't like a regular custom or anything modern times are are where these ungrateful folks or ingracious people will not share an experience and tell you how they feel about it never having have had the experience uh given the chance to have the experience no they wouldn't experience it to be able to, to speak from experience no they're going to speak from inexperience. Well, that did, does that seem credible to you? If you have the chance and you pass it by, and then you're still going to talk about it. Well, that's the argument about the election, right? Well, I didn't vote, but this is how I feel about it. Well, so you had a, you had an opportunity, and you oh, because to me. I had an opportunity earlier tonight or the in the afternoon and beyond to record a podcast. And I waited till I watched the credits on Gone in 60 Seconds. I was going to fall asleep to the movie. And so, you know what? I'm going to record a show, and then my reward for the show will be to watch the movie. Mm. So, perhaps you're talking to someone who doesn't want to listen to you for like the last 10 seconds. And you say, mm. hey, what? You listen while I make you a, a snack or a refreshment or rub your feet or whatever it is. Now, you've set them up to be the bad guy. It doesn't mean they're not going to be the bad guy. But if you turn down listening to someone, which is a gracious thing to do, right? It's a classy thing to do. And you turn down whatever other perk they're going to give you. It makes me wonder whether you would have some reason to despise or hate that person. They're being courteous to you. They're giving you something they cannot replace, their time. They ask a little of yours in return. but They're also on a hope and a prayer in this psychological boat where they trust you to do something that is going to help maintain the quality of life that they have. Here's a thought that they have. They're being vulnerable to share it with you. Are you kind enough and patient enough to just hear them out? Mm. If you're not, what do you really think about that person? Maybe that's something you need to really decide for yourself. Anyway, I'm... uh, And wrap this up. I decided I'd keep the podcast from for the time being. I, you know, do content around twenty to forty minutes, and maybe it'll expand in the future, put a little more structure to it in the future. But uh, I appreciate you guys listening to me. I hope that you have quality interactions with the people around you. That you you think twice before you say anything out of sorts or. With a um, ugly tone in your voice. It's important when people hear you to know that you're warm and that you're receptive. That they're welcome and you're welcoming them. That you're welcome. Uh, 
uh, and they're welcoming you. It's important to me anyway. Maybe it's not important to you. Those things provide a better quality of life to me. When you're genuinely validated or accepted, uh, trusted or loved, all those things. Uh, because if it's fool's gold, if it's fake, well, to me, <laughs> it's just not that good. It's just not quality. Anyway, thank you for listening to me. I hope you guys had a great Christmas and holiday. New Year's Eve is coming up. I'll be putting out more content. Look forward to some of those new concepts that I've got written in my journal over here. But uh, in the meantime, you can uh, share any of this stuff. You're more than welcome to go leave iTunes uh, ratings and all those kinds of things. I think I've got five stars, or I did. And um, that would be, uh, if you if you think this is a quality product or something you like listening to, then make it known, or at least to me, if not others. And uh, that'll give me a um, little insight as to what the people are looking for and Maybe how to deliver it to them. Because this has been a therapeutic and a quality experience to make these podcasts for me. But it's not all one-sided. So if you got a voice and you want to interact, shoot an email, send a message. and Say something that's, you know, hey, I've been wanting to know about such and such. And that story was crazy and that's not true or... Maybe you want to ask a question that you you think, Michael, what would your take be on such and such with current world events or otherwise? I'll be happy to share it. Anyway, you guys have a good afternoon, a good night, a good morning, wherever time and place you might be. Take care. And I know there's so much I can be If I can be strong enough to throw away Let me tell you something, jackass. My name is Champagne. That is first name Sham, last name Pain. I'm a former male exotic dancer from Las Vegas, Nevada, who traded my G-string for the wrestling ring. And pound for pound, I'm the baddest son of a bitch to ever set foot into the squared circle. You see, I've been around the world twice. I've seen everything but the wind. I've been everywhere but the electric chair. I've been to two state fairs, and I've drove through hell in a gasoline truck in reverse with my hair on fire, wearing thermal underwear and a fur coat with a big red sign hanging out the window that says champagne is the motherfucking man nah hold up wait a minute you're going this guy's lying to me he hadn't been around the world twice he hadn't seen everything but the wind he's lying to me and you know what you're right i haven't been around the world twice i haven't seen everything but the wind <laughs> I've been around the world three times. I've seen everybody but the devil, and I can do anything but have a baby. I've been from Moore County to Montel and from Sanford to Sally. Because when I get in the ring, baby, I am the grand finale. I've been to the North Pole. I've sailed the seven seas. I beat opponents in the ring with the one, two, three. I could eat killer bees because it don't faze me. I beat the blind, the crippled, the lame, or the crazy from 8 to 80. Because it don't matter, baby. And just because I'm beautiful. <laughs> 
Don't hate me.